Coming up, an interview with former Gaucho and Red Sox minor leaguer Chris Troy talking about his summer and his path from going from a prospect to a performer. We had a little fun with some diet stuff. We had a lot of fun talking about his brother now playing at UCSB, and we dove into a lot of social media stuff. He's really taken it by the reins uh, with his social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, and engaging with fans online. And he even got a shout-out from the great Jared Carabas on the Name Redacted podcast. So hopefully we get some traction on that uh, after releasing this pod. So Christopher Troy is our guest. Hope you enjoy the pod. And as always, this podcast is presented by Kyle's Kitchen, proud supporters of UCSB Baseball and the Gaucho 9 podcast. We look forward to another season of Kyle's Kitchen providing pregame meals for the Gauchos in 2024. All right, this is Chris Troy. Hope you enjoy the interview. And uh, let's go to it. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. Here's the one-strike pitch, and Mitchell bounces to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly, and Curley pulls back the home run, and the Gauchos are going to win the game. Gauchos are going to Omaha, can you believe it? Borgonio is back. He's going to turn and watch this one fly. A two-run homer for Clausen. And the score is two. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. Willits will make the catch. And the Gauchos are 2022 Big West champions. All right. He's been a guest on the podcast before. He was a 12th-round pick in 2021 by the Boston Red Sox. Spent the majority of this year in double A with the Portland Sea Dogs, and he's currently on his way. Well, he's actually in Arizona right now. I think the season has started the Arizona Fall League uh, with the Glendale Desert Dogs. It is uh, the one and only Chris Troy, uh, known on his uh, social media platforms as Christopher Troy, but uh, CT, as we know you here in Gaucho Lands. Um, checking in from the desert. What's going on, man? Yes, sir. Happy to be here, Casey. It's good to see you, bro. Are you just like the celebrity podcast guy now? Because I see you all over the place. And we're, we're going to jump out right into it. Digital <laughs> leverage. Digital leverage is fresh on my mind. You just dropped it to me before we started recording. But uh, that's a new term that I've heard. But digital leverage, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if I look at if I look at my involvement in social media my entire life, like I've, I've, I've kind of been anti-social media. Um, and then the last year and a half, I guess it's kind of grown on me and, and, and we'll talk about the reasons why, but similar to UCSB, you know, I think when my time was there, uh, maybe that was just when we just started, uh, with the social media and I'm sure you guys are seeing the benefits of social media, get, landing recruits, uh, landing funding, funding dollars, those sorts of things. There's reasons why social media matters, um, especially in the industry that we're in. Right. I think I think baseball, obviously professional sports, but I think professional sports um, as a whole is 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 more of a entertainment industry. Right. And I think I think that social media is is something that, that we can take advantage of to heighten um, our value, essentially. And I think that there is there is value in social media. And I've sitting as since I've been. Uh, a little bit more involved in picking it up, obviously. And it's yeah. a big 
great opportunities. What what changed for you? Like you said you were out of it and, and were probably were disinterested and probably more for, focused on on yourself, on Chris Troy's development. So like what changed? Yeah, I think, you know, I I think when I look at media, I see uh I see I see the comparison game, right? A lot of, I thought I thought it was pretty one sided in terms of um uh some interesting st- statistics are you know probably don't quote me on i'm not going to give you any actual figures here uh but but there's been an intake there's been an uptick in uh you know anxiety depression and those sorts of things especially from the younger generation that's just uh, directly caused by by social media and the influencer game if you will uh but for me you know i felt like there are baseball players um maybe that i feel like i'm better than um that i wasn't getting the endorsements i wasn't getting uh the recognition for my performance those sorts of things not that those things uh necessarily matter in terms of uh ego making me feel good those sorts of things but they matter in terms of value and they matter in terms of dollars um and at the end of the day like for me like i'm chasing a bag like i'm trying to i'm trying to i'm trying to um, maximize my financial leverage and and one way that I that I've learned that you can do that is through social media and so the promise I made to myself um, you know I've got a social media manager uh, Emily Reza with fourth and Crawford she's outstanding I got connected with her through Beverly Hills uh, sports council my agent uh, she's done some work for them before but really been working together the last year and a half two years and it's really just about documenting my journey in, in public. So something that I think is a little bit different, that something that I wanted to do, I was like, if I'm going to go all into the social media thing, like I want to share the ups and the downs, you know, I want to, if, if I'm going to, if I'm going to show the very, very best of how I look or the very, very best of my performance, then that kind of gives a, an unauthentic view of, of my journey, of my process, of, of this life that I'm living. And so that was one promise I made to myself that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be transparent when I want about my successes, but also be transparent about, about the failures and the setbacks. Um, and, and it seems that the setbacks are honestly more interesting to the audience than my successes, oh, yeah. um, which I, which I, which I <laughs> maybe uh, undervalued going into it. Like I was like, I'm, I pitched well and I'm like waiting to get all this hype and like none of the hype comes in. And then I pitch, I pitch, I pitch poorly, and I'm like, "How come everyone? No, how come everyone's interested in this? You know, it's like everyone's rooting on my downfall." No, I mean that, I, I mean that jokingly, but I think, I think it just gives the people who care like a, a an authentic view um, of my story as I'm writing it in real time. Well, I think it's the reality of social media, and now that we've had it for. I don't know a while. I mean, I'm I'm no social media expert. I wasn't I wasn't trained in it. Uh, I've certainly been around long enough and involved in it to to see its value and to see it when it's bad. And it sounds like you've taken a mature approach towards it because you took one of the questions from me. I was going to say, is it true that you have a social media manager? And it is indeed true. And it is 100% something that is a part of your image. It's part of your package as a professional athlete as a as an entertainer as you said where in the end you know i've heard other people say use that term like entertainer i think like uh most recently mike tomlin the head coach for the pittsburgh steelers 
when the crowd was booing the team's performance. And he says, yeah, we're out here to entertain and they are not entertained. So they're going to have to entertain themselves. You know, that's justification for them booing the team. We have to do better. So like that's a a really sound approach to all the attention that you get when you are on social media, where you have to accept the fact that some people are going to like it sometimes and some people are going to not like it sometimes. And that's that's baseball, right? You fail more often than you succeed and you just got to roll with it. So I, I, I like where your head's at. It seems like, uh, and, and based on how you did this year, it feels like you've found a comfortable spot in, in your professional life. But uh, tell me about, uh, so Jared Carabas, who I listened to a lot with Dallas Braden and starting nine, which is a Barstool sports podcast. I thought they did an awesome job. And, and since within the last like year or so, it's got two new hosts. So it's no longer Braden and Carabas on that pod. But Carabas is a Red Sox guy through and through. You're, of course, in the Red Sox organization. And they were blowing you up yesterday. <laughs> this being uh, Wednesday, October 4th, they were blowing you up yesterday. Uh, can you can you run through that, uh, how that all started? Yeah, kind of crazy. Uh, and I'm excited, too. You know, I mean, I'm obviously double-A minor league pitcher. Um, but honestly, to get the attention that I did for Jerry Caravis and, and his podcast there was uh, something I could not have foreseen, but honestly, just a result of consistency, right? So the way that it first started was uh, I was on Twitter, and I don't remember exactly which tweet or what I said, but um, I uh, it all started really when I had my thoughts about Heim Bloom uh, fired as the chief baseball operations of uh, the Red Sox. And I had a couple experiences with them. And, you know, honestly, as a, as a senior, as a senior signed 12th rounder, like, I don't know how many, I don't know how many CBOs know the full name and the full story of every, of every player, person and staff member in the organization. Um, and somebody like myself, and I pride myself on, on being good with names. And I really, I really, really try to uh, focus on names. So, you know, it didn't take long for me to, to, to realize that this guy knew everyone in the organization by name. Um, but I shared my thoughts after he after he got fired, and uh, it blew up. And I remember I remember when it was blowing up on Twitter. I was like, "Holy cow!" I started asking. I uh, showed up to the field, and I was like asking my my trainers and my coaches, and I was just like, "Hey, like, I didn't expect it to get this big. You know, is this is this a bad look? Is this a bad look?" And um, I the 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 responses I got from the Red Sox organization. I mean, VP of uh, scouting. Uh, VP of player development, pitching coordinators, uh, far assistant farm directors. You know they've all had they all had positive things to say about my tweets. So uh, that I felt like that I felt I feel like that gave me the the comfort to uh, to say no. I mean it was a good thing. Like I trust my judgment in terms of what I can and cannot say on social media, um, and 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 make the most of it. So that was a tweet that kind of put me on the map. Uh, I guess you could say in the uh, Red Sox fan base. And um, since then, I've just been really running with it in terms of engagement. And I feel like when I engage, it takes me two, three, four days. It's something that my social media manager doesn't do uh, is engage for me, which is by design, because I feel like that would be um, unauthentic. Now ask me a few years from now when I've got 100K on Instagram or whatever it is, uh, it might be a little bit different story. But I think that's when that's when the uh, the goals and the objectives of social media will shift a little bit. 
Um, but as of right now, like I'm still at a place where uh, I can engage with just about everyone who wants to engage with me. And I think that that's been the single greatest, um, I guess, growth hack uh, that I've had on Twitter. And so the way that it happened was um, there's a guy, Tyler Milliken. He's on the Name Redacted podcast with Jerry Carabas. And uh, he just was engaging with me and I was engaging back. And, you know, on my engagements, I try not to just keep it at a like or a thank you. Like I try to I try to actually engage and, and have as close to authentic um human experiences as I can obviously on the digital place it's a little bit different but giving my best effort for sure um and so just a few a few back and forth uh engagements and then all of a sudden like a couple of weeks later I start getting all these all these inbounds on Instagram and Twitter like hey did you see name redacted hey did you see name redacted did you see Jared Travis did you see him and I'm like no 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 like show me show me the clip <laughs> And uh, I mean, the fans and I were just, I mean, we're all, we're all just excited as far as I'm concerned, you know, I'm still a baseball fan. Um, obviously being in it, it's a little bit different, but I feel like I can separate the two. Um, and I still, still am a fan of baseball, still, uh, still love baseball, the game of baseball, and I s still love watching it. So Carabas, and this is a long winded story, maybe more than, maybe more than you bargained for, but uh, I'm going to keep going. Um, Roll with it, baby. Yeah. So uh go watch the podcast and I mean, I posted all the clips yesterday on Instagram. So if you haven't seen them, go to my Instagram, Christopher Troy, uh, Troy spelled T R O Y E. If you can't spell Christopher, then that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, so, so uh, my social media manager had a good idea of just like, Hey, we should clip these and we should post them. And in the name redacted podcast, Jared Grobis at the end is like, Hey, we should get them on the podcast. And so maybe he said that half-heartedly, you know, I don't know the sincerity there, um, but basically I, I, I took that and I ran with it, clipped it on Instagram and put together a, uh, a carousel of three videos. I wanted to make it a reel, but I couldn't because it would have destroyed the video quality. Um, and this is all my social media manager telling me this stuff, so I can't take any credit for it, but posted it. And literally as soon as I posted it, he, uh, Carabas commented, this is incredible. Yep. And I saw, I saw the comment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pinned it at the top, and uh, he he mentioned me in the story, reposted it, and I DM'd him, and I was like, "Hey, man, it would help me out a ton if you mentioned me. That way, I could repost it on my story." And uh, he did it, no problems, at, no questions asked, and we had a good conversation on the DMs that eventually led to text message. And um, dude, he's super humble guy, super humble guy. You know, he's you know he's got this huge audience and he's his personality um for the city of boston boston sports and baseball uh even bigger than that but he was uh very kind very generous with his time and uh we can we can expect to be on the name redacted podcast here soon that's so cool yeah that's so, so cool so we we gotta we gotta run with this we gotta get some uh gotta get some jerry carabas traction on the uh through the gouch and i podcast something like that so throw some light to the west coast uh, and UCSB, so you got to you got to mention the Gauchos. Uh, I'm sure you will, you know, if you get on with them, right? Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. <laughs> well, it's just it's so fascinating to listen to you talk about social media. I haven't talked about it a ton, like on on, on broadcasts or or in this scenario where like I know that that I'm I'm using social media to promote this, and we're trying to use social media to promote this a little bit more. And it's inspiring me to get educated 
on the ways to generate engagement and the ways to approach things a certain way and use some of the vernacular that you have have used where it's I don't know, things like engagement and and digital influence and and stuff like that where you know we're we're trying to do that here and we Justin Hockamay has done a great job of recruiting a a social media team. We had one last year that was headed by Brandy Shin and she did a great job and it was kind of like the spearhead of getting TikTok going and increasing our following on Twitter or X and Instagram. And I think the Gouches have done a great job and it's been more of a student run, kind of a grassroots type thing where we're trying to come up with any idea that we can and it's students that are running this and it's we're trying to just be authentic and letting them go with whatever creative freedom they they have and but trying to educate them and look this is what we want to present and this is the image that we're trying to portray and we want to advertise UCSB and our community and our campus in its best light and we know and you know that it has a great light to shed uh that being said uh could you like enlighten us on like one great experience that you had as a gaucho since it's on my mind i didn't write this down but i just i just need something uh from you and where you were out in the community or out in santa barbara something that you had an experience as a gaucho KC, I mean, you guys are in the thick of it right now, especially with my brother being there, you know, watching, hearing, calling to him, talking to him, and just hearing, you know, his experience there. But honestly, the Tour de los Gauchos, I mean, that's something that that's something that me and my teammates of our time there, we still talk about, you know, rolling, running down to the beach, rolling in the sand, 6 a.m. in the morning, uh, which I heard they got up a little bit later because you guys are prioritizing sleep a little bit more, which is uh, probably <laughs> probably a good thing. Uh, just just bummed we didn't have it when I was there. But uh, but now getting in the water and running, I mean, shoulder to shoulder with your boys, and those are still some of my best friends, you know. So um, when I look at when I look at my time as a gaucho, it was it was it was really about the culture and the camaraderie that uh, obviously the leadership there, Coach Checkets, um, Ferg, yourself, and just all the all all the uh, coaches and staff members that you guys cultivate. You guys obviously lead that. Um, but but it's the way that you feel as a gaucho. You know, we don't we don't have we don't have um the best social media team, we don't have the best facilities, we don't have the biggest this, the biggest that we're a mid-major school, and for some reason we still compete with the with the best of the best. And so in my mind, like there's no other place you'd rather be. I'd rather be the team that has less and is doing more with it. Um and you guys are obviously trying to maximize what you guys do. And I've seen I've seen what you guys are doing on social media. Um, as a program, and um, I think I think we're on the same page there. But really, when I think back on my time at UCSB, you know, there's not any really wins or losses that stick out. It's it's more it's more just the general feel, the feel, the vibe in the clubhouse. Showing up to the yard early morning, you know, sometimes hungover uh, with your best friends, you know, trying to trying to get through the day, trying to grind through some conditioning, um, and that's what that's what that's what sticks out most to me, for sure. Well, we, we've we've used attitude for gratitude. We've used less is more uh, on this podcast before, and it's it's a theme that continues. And and your brother is Ryan Troy, transferred in from Santa Barbara City College. He's impressed so far in uh, in the first couple of weeks, and we will start scrimmaging next week. Uh, so looking forward to seeing the guys out on the field. But uh, do you 
play uh did you play ball with your brother ever like did you guys play wiffle ball in the backyard like did yeah, you we, win every time like or did he beat you like like what's the story yeah i think as an older brother you know you can't lose and, and you got to do whatever you can do so sometimes maybe playing a little bit dirty uh but but for the sake of winning and for the sake of keeping the uh the older brother status uh but no dude he's had, i mean he's had a He's had a little bit different different story than I've had. You know, he got a senior year, freshman year of JUCO, canceled the COVID. Uh, went out to uh, driveline, um, tore his UCL out in summer ball following that, and then sat out his uh, second year at JUCO uh, with the MedRed. And so this is this last calendar year was the first time he's been playing in, in competitive games since 2020, since his high school, since his senior year of high school. And for him to end up at UCSB, man, I just it the feeling that I get from it is 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 incredible. But honestly, you should see our dad, and you should see our parents, and you should see our family, and how the, and how him being there um, kind of radiates through the whole, through the whole family. So happy he's there. Obviously, I'm rooting for him. Um, and in my opinion, in my old age, uh, I've now gotten to the point where I want to see my uh, my younger brothers do better than myself. And I feel like if they do better than me, then I did a good job as an older brother. There you go. Sharing in the spirit. I love that. That's great. Um, Psyched for your family. Uh, We're psyched to have them here uh, as well. Well, Let's talk a little bit about your summer. You know, it took a, took a long time to talk about what happened most recently actually on the field. So uh, apologies (laughs) for that, but uh, you are in Arizona doing the Arizona fall league, Glendale desert dogs. Let's see, you began the year in single A with the Greenville Drive. That's in the South Atlantic League, high A, 14 appearances, 2-0 record, 196 ERA, 37 strikeouts, nine walks, and good numbers. In high A, you got promoted to double A, Portland. That's in Maine. The Sea Dogs, let's see, 24 appearances, 3.77 ERA, 50 strikeouts, 27 walks, and double A. Also some great numbers. So you finished. The full year, I think you had a couple of stints where you were down briefly, but 38 appearances, 3.10 ERA, 87 strikeouts in 49 and a third innings, just 36 walks on the on the summer. So a pretty good summer for you, I would think, overall. My, like quite possibly your best full season of baseball of your baseballing career is what I would venture to guess here, and you're not in your head, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, not a possibility. It's, I mean... That's 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 very that's very accurate. I really feel like it was my first season that, you know, I I, I felt like if I look at it as a whole, um, continue to make progress and the results just I guess they kind of came as 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 the process continues, you know. And I think that I think that sometimes now when I hear those numbers, like I've got a tendency to think, okay, well now I'm I'm no longer a prospect. Like now I'm a performer. And that that shift um, is good and bad. I think I think for me, right? Like, just because I had good results, now it doesn't mean to care about the results. Like, it's easy to not care about the results and say you're process oriented when you have when you have results. You know what I mean? Um, but when when you've got good results, now it's like I'm a performer. And um, I think for me, the challenge the challenge has been to view this Arizona Fall League not as a performance, but just a continuation of my process, the continuation to get more reps, to get more experiences against, against, against a lot of really good players and against a lot of really talented players. So, um, you know, spent 17 days on the IL uh, midway through the season out in Portland. Um, 
and came back from that and really kind of scuffled, man. It, like I, I feel like the, the confidence in my delivery uh, wasn't what it was prior to the IAL. And, and, you know, I've been working, been grinding it. And I feel like the, the sensation, the feeling, the awareness that I had on the mound is, is a little bit different following the IL, um, to be honest. And I think, I think now as I look at where I'm at, you know, I pitched, pitched in the opening day game here in uh, the Arizona Fall League two days ago, had one inning, two walks, two unlucky hits, um, an earned run, and two punchies. And so, you know, if I look at, if I look at those results, like not great, not good by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I think that if I look at it through the process, like there's a lot of positives to take away as the first one. Um, felt good about my delivery, felt good about my focus, and just really felt good about being on Arizona and, and competing with the best of the best. Well, I talked to McGreevy, and I, and I ran into him in the summer in Durham when he was pitching for Memphis, and I asked him about, you know, trades that the Cardinals made, blah, 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 being in in AAA and being so-called one phone call away. And he said that that kind of messed with them just a little bit. And then he realized that it's about locking in and doing your work and not worrying about the the external stuff. Now that you're in AA, it's the same thing. It's a phone call away. And so you talk about some of the, the performance stuff that you've had where you're performing well and you have the numbers to back it up where you feel like, Maybe your phone call away. Like, has that affected you at all? Has some of the the coaching in at that level like help you through that, or or maybe some coaching off the field has any of that stuff helped you at all? Yeah, and I think I think honestly, KC, that's that's a that's a trap of social media as well, right? Because you definitely you, you put up the results, and then you hear all these people talking about, oh, he needs to be in the big leagues. Oh, he put him up there. What is he still doing in the double A? And and it's great to have that kind of support. Um, but you know, I don't think, I don't think I let it affect me um, because I feel like when I start to have those thoughts, and those thoughts are natural, right? Like I think, you know, going going back to McGreevy, like him and I stayed in contact a lot this year. Um, I actually swiped up on his uh, engaged with him uh, when I saw your guys' <laughs> story. Um, but no, I mean, it was, it's, it's all fun. But no, I think I think you know, if I look at if I look at what got me here and what what generated those results. Like I wasn't pitching this year with the intent to have a three-one ERA with eighty-nine punches over forty-nine innings, um, and and I wasn't like thinking about that. I wasn't like pitching to that. It really felt very process-oriented. And so, in my mind, yes, there are instances and there are moments um, where you can think about performance and you can think about stats, maybe, or maybe you're thinking about social media, or maybe you're thinking about what's going on off the field. Any number of things you could be thinking about that distract you from the task at hand. And it's it's about recognizing when you're not focused, where your attention is not where it needs to be, um, and then refocusing. And whatever that reason may be, right? There's, especially in today's age, like there's an infinite amount of distractions um, that you can let distract you. But to stay focused on the process and stay focused on what got you there, I feel like for the most part has been um, my default, so. Uh, when I get those tweets and, and I engage with those kinds of tweets online, like most of the time it's something it's something process oriented uh, where it's like, oh, he's the best pitcher in the minor leagues, which objectively I wasn't last year. Um, but but to respond to that and say, you know, it doesn't affect me. Um, I'm not I'm not trying to be the best pitcher in the minor leagues. I'm just trying to be the best version of myself. And actually, those raw, authentic engagements that those are the things that I, I actually believe and I actually will say. 
Um, and those are the things that are that are the the best performing um, content, I guess you can call it. Uh, I've come to realize is like is like when I'm battling fans with like, oh, call them up, and I'm I'm like, my time will come. It's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. I just got to stay stay focused on right here, right now. And like, I'll say something like that to a fan, and 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 they just go crazy over it. So, uh, but no, it's all it's all good stuff. Obviously, the support staff, um, the coaching staff. You know, they've all they've all been. I mean, I, I mean, they've, they've, they've been, they've been the right people for me at this point in my development, uh, especially with Sean Isaac over in, uh, That's right. yeah, double <laughs> A Portland, that little, uh, Gaucho reunion up there. It was, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome having him in my corner and talking to my ear, especially somebody with that kind of vibe. Yeah. Sean, he, he called me this summer. He was inquiring. He, he had a, someone who was involved with the team and was interested in, and getting into broadcasting and stuff. And so I, I gave him some tips, but we also talked about you because I, I had to ask like, how, how's Chris doing? And, and Sean had some great things to say, like he's got his head screwed on straight, like not something I have to worry about or we have to worry about, but like going about it the right way and, and reiterating a lot of the things that you have talked about already. And, uh, and he was pretty psyched uh, that you had made it to Portland and that you were doing well. And uh, we wish Sean the best. So hopefully he's, back in portland or he's earns a promotion himself uh, i'll probably go out of my way to try and get him on this and, and get an update because he's been doing great things uh on the coaching side and spent some time with the gauchos a couple years ago and has been on the podcast as well so uh other things i want to cover well so the arizona fall league it's uh the team that you're on is comprised of prospects from five different teams red sox included so it's it's not one organization putting guys on this team it's it's five different teams how many games are you supposed to play how many teams are there i think there's like six teams six teams believe. yeah per team and i believe 30 games at the regular season i'm not quite sure how the playoff uh schedule looks but i think it's 30 teams or 30 games excuse me and so and it's it's a great experience as far as as development continuing to your development and it's it's not a place where they just throw anybody in there. It's guys who they have their eyes on and are, are looking to get some extra reps so that they can get them ready for next season. Definitely. Definitely. I think, you know, if I look at, if I look at the year that I had, like, I feel like I earned it. I earned coming here. Um, and, you know, as a result of that, you know, going back to uh, a little bit, a little bit back ago in the conversation, like in my mind, it's just a continuation of the season. It's just a continuation of my process and I'm not going to go about my business or do anything different um, unless I need to make a adjustment, but we'll handle those adjustments when we get there. There you go. All right. Last thing to finish off. What's uh, how's, how's the diet, how's the diet and the lifestyle going? Cause you bounce around a few places. I know, I know it's hard to keep that stuff in order, but what's, what's the meal plan? What's the prep? I know if, if Spencer walked by, that's the question that he would ask. And I know this is what everybody wants to hear, but, uh yeah diet lifestyle i'm gonna brag a little bit you ready yeah all right so uh my body comp i did a body comp before so after the season ended in portland i went down to fort myers for a week to stay ready for the fall league so flew or drove from portland to florida flew from florida to arizona um and right before i left you know i really i really wanted to dial in my diet leading up to the afl just because i had the i had the opportunity to um by opportunity to, I mean, performance on the mound, 
is not necessarily the top priority or the or the top aim uh, during that week because I had two bullpens. Like I didn't have, I wasn't competing um, necessarily in game, so I could I I could kind of deload from my throwing, tone that back, um, but increase workload in the weight room and and really dial in the diet. You know, on the road the minor league the minor league diets uh, in season it's a it's a little bit uh, tough. It's tough, especially when you go to the places that don't even have Chipotle, which is kind of a crazy thing to think about being from the West Coast, you know. Um, but no, I mean the Red Sox, they 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 talking to a bunch of different orgs like the Red Sox. They they do it right. They treat us right um, to the best of their ability, at least. Um, but when you're in Florida, when you're at the complex, like it's really easy to dial in your diet. It's really easy to supplement just because everything's super routine, um, especially as a reliever in season. Like you're less routine. Um, because it's just whenever you're hot and ready, you can you can go pitch. So I say all that to say this: I left four Myers at 247 pounds, and I think it was 9.3 percent body fat. So the diet's been the diet's been dialed in, um, and 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 honestly, been carrying it over to uh, the Arizona. So you know, for me, my body type's a little bit different. I feel like genetically, uh, I got maybe a bit blessed with uh, my size and uh, just honestly, just how big I am and how little calories I need. Like I'm not one of those guys that needs to eat six meals a day to maintain weight. Um, in fact, I only need two. There he is. I know that guy. <laughs> That's uh interchuck is stopping by for a special appearance. <laughs> Continue Chris. <laughs> well, you, you, you're blowing yourself up. I, I, I wanted to ask that because the, uh, Carabison crew there, they were commenting on, uh, on your looks. And, yeah. and and your physique, uh, I'll, I'll let people go over to to listen to that and go to your page to to comment on that further or to to inquire on that further. But I I had to chuckle when they were saying those things. It's pretty funny, but uh, it's something that you you started when you were here. I think you probably picked it up before you even got here. But taking care of yourself is uh, is number one priority, and you know it it directly correlates to to how you perform out on the field. So. Uh, I'm glad to hear that you're you're doing all that, of course. And let's I know that he's uh you know, we have I have a friend Marcus Cuellar, who is a student manager here uh for the Gauchas back in twenty fourteen. I don't know if you've had any interaction with him, but I know he's one of the directors of international scouting with the Red Sox. So he's probably not looking at domestic stuff and watching you, but keep an eye out for for Marcus Cuellar, um in unless you've already come across him. Uh, he's, he's in he's in Boston. He's got office at Fenway, all that stuff. He was on episode six of the podcast. Uh, we just released oh. episode one hundred. So Marcus, uh, Marcus is the man, and I hope that you interact with him at some point because he's a great guy uh, working with awesome. the Red Sox. Yeah, so keep an eye out for Marcus Cuellar, uh, C U E L L A R, um, on that stuff. Uh, any, any you want to promote anything? This is your this is your 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 uh, your spot to plug things right here. Yeah, follow me on Instagram, Christopher Troy. Troy spelled T R O Y E, and then on Twitter or X, it's uh, Christoph Troy because Christopher was too many was too many characters. So <laughs> drop the ER and uh, follow me over there. Engage with me, DM me. Um, seriously, I'll probably take a couple days to get back to you. But you know, in my opinion, it's like, would you rather take me a couple days to get back to you? and give you like an honest response or would you rather me just in the moment like it 
you know, so um, I've had, I've had more, I've had more positive experiences, both for myself, just because I feel like I'm actually, I'm actually engaging um, by waiting a couple of days and really spending my time getting through, getting through them. And then uh, rather than just liking them or having my social media manager send a thumbs up emoji. Um, but yeah, follow me there and uh, look forward to, uh, look forward to continuing this, this process, this story. That's Christopher Troy. Always a treat, my friends. Sounds like you're doing very well. Uh, say hi to the family. We uh, will keep a close eye on Ryan for you. And keep uh, trouble. <laughs> I'll tra- we'll do your best. Keep out of trouble. <laughs> Ivy trap is something serious. <laughs> That's funny. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep tabs on you in the Arizona Fall League. I'm sure we'll check in again uh, sometime soon. All right. Yes, sir. Yeah, this is a delight. Good to see you. Christopher Troy, thank you. All right, thank you to Chris Troy. Thank you to our great sponsor, Kyle's Kitchen. Shout out to Jared Carabas and the Name Redacted podcast. And uh, next week, we will have another former pitcher who was in Troy's class. He was a first-round pick, Michael McGreevy will be our guest next week talking about his summer pitching up in AAA. We have a couple of guys also on the schedule. Talk to Marcos Castanon, who had a great season pitching, not pitching, hitting, and uh, moving up to AA. And then we're hoping to get Corey Lewis, who was just recently named the Minor League Pitcher of the Year in the Twins organization. So that's what's on tap. We'll also have some of the the current players on uh, throughout the fall. So hope you enjoyed that one and uh, check out Instagram. We posted a clip of the podcast on Instagram. We'll continue to do that uh, in the future. We'll continue to do it uh, for future podcasts. Um, Would like to get some feedback uh, on that type of stuff. So Michael McGreevy next week. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Chris Troy. And as always, thanks for listening to Cash Night Podcast. See